It's going to be a quarterback run up the middle at the 10, at the 5. Murray dies for the end zone, and he's in for the touchdown. Got to launch it. He does. Left side into the end zone. Jump ball, and oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. Give Johnson up the middle. Gets leveled in the backfield by J.J. Watt. A tackle for a loss for Watt. Hello and welcome into the very first episode of Cardinals Corner, a Cardinals podcast brought to you by Arizona Sports. My name is Eric Ruby. Alongside me, as always, going forward, our one and only resident Cardinals guru. He covers them for you on ArizonaSports.com. He's the web content editor for ArizonaSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at tdrake sports And most importantly, he is a new father. Tyler Drake, how are we feeling? Hey, we're feeling good. You know, uh, got some good sleep this uh, last night. So you got shout- good sleep. Yeah, shout out to Brady for that. Uh, that's my daughter's name. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm really pumped for this. Uh, you know, I think it's been a long time coming. And uh, after you know getting that full, just ingrained year with the Cardinals this last season, you know, I'm ready to you know take it to that next level. How are uh, you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. But you know, somebody who uh, hasn't been getting a lot of sleep lately. It's Steve Kime. He's been a busy, busy, busy man, and he's been making a couple moves to kick off this offseason. Of course, Cliff and Kime got their extensions. There's the whole Kyler Murray drama, but we have some actual news to talk about, and I'm sure Cardinals fans are pretty happy to hear about actual news and not just Instagram scrubbings. So let's start with the big one. On Wednesday, the Cardinals opted to waive starting middle linebacker and captain Jordan Hicks, effectively opening the door for second-year pro Zaven Collins. Tyler, I just want to say first and foremost when you saw that this happened what was the first thing that popped into your mind I think it was just the fact that it's it's Zayvon Collins time in the desert I think that's the biggest thing you're losing such a big piece of that defense in Hicks I mean he was a captain uh just and I mean Chandler Jones who is actually a free agent now uh this past uh, season said he was the heart of the defense and so you're losing a guy of that caliber to really turn it to the rookie who couldn't figure it out this last season to maybe see if he can get it together this offseason. So I think it's one of those moves that has to happen. You you didn't draft Zayvon Collins to sit behind somebody. Like that's the biggest thing. Like it's time for him to play. It's time for him to show you what he's made of. And it really just comes down to how the Cardinals want to progress him through this offseason to get him ready for week one. There are two truths to this move. Truth number one is that this makes sense. It makes sense, but truth number two is that it does hurt the Cardinals a little bit in a vacuum. In a vacuum, Jordan Hicks, 116 tackles, four sacks, five passes defended in the 2021 regular season. Week in, week out, just talked about how incredible of a professional he is because coming into the season... His job was not secure. You came in, they said, Zayvon Collins is our guy. You know, sorry, Jordan Hicks, but he stayed. He fought through. Yep. And he played, and he played really well. But, like you said, it makes sense because it had to happen. Yeah, it was going to have to happen one way or another. You could do it in the season. You could do it before the season. I mean, just take your pick. If you're going to draft a guy like Zayvon Collins to come in and be your starting Mike linebacker, you got to have... You got to fill the spot with them. I mean, that's plain and simple. That's if you don't, you look really, really. You got some egg on your face for drafting the guy. Yeah, and and there's going to be a lot to fill in. He played 97 percent of the available downs played. 97. That's a that's a really high percentage, Tyler. And with Zayvon Collins, you need to give him time to go out there and to make mistakes. 
Yeah, you do. And the big storyline, of course, after the Rams game was, yes, Kyler Murray had a terrible game, but it was also, why didn't Zayvon Collins and why didn't, for that fact, Isaiah Simmons play? Why were they not out on the field? Why were you not first round draft picks out there? And now, whether they're going to be good or not, which I still think that Zayvon Collins can be good. I mean, there's no reason to give up on him. Yeah, the dude's a, the dude is super athletic. I think the biggest thing is is with him with the green dot and having to really, you know, be the quarterback of the defense. That's going to be the biggest step forward that he needs to take for them to be comfortable rolling him out there in every nearly every snap. And you'd have to think that they do have confidence in that. Because like you said, that's a really important position. That's not just like, oh, he's going to be some guy out there. He's the Mike linebacker. Yep. He's going to be calling everything. Like you said, quarterback of the defense. And that might mean for the first couple of weeks, things are a little bit iffy. Things are a little bit shaky. But now there's no safety net. Yep. There's nobody behind Zayvon Collins or there's nobody in front of Zayvon Collins that's like, okay, let's just put out the veteran there. We need to win. And that's great. But the Cardinals are also a win-now team. Yeah. This team is very much in a, this season is really, really important. So going into it, you need to make sure that Zavin is absolutely fully prepared to jump into this role. And not saying he's going to jump in seamlessly right away, but he needs to be prepared for it. Yeah. Because the last thing you can have is taking him off the field in this situation. If he is not able to play a large percentage of snaps, if he's not prepared, let alone if the execution isn't there as well, then we look back at Jordan Hicks being released. Then we look back at this first round draft pick and you're thinking, whoa, that... That's a big miss. Yep, yep. And 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 I know a lot of people saw that Bobby Wagner getting released. Uh, I know a lot of people were probably like, hey, you know, why not the Cardinals? Why not the Cardinals? But it's exactly what we just talked about. Why would you want to bring, why would you want to cut a veteran to bring in a veteran for a spot that you specifically drafted for? So I, as much as it would be very interesting to see Bobby Wagner in Arizona Cardinals uniform, don't get me wrong, it'd be, I'd be, I think it would be a, a boost for the team. I think it's one of those things that you can't you can't do just because you put so much stock into these guys, especially and and Isaiah Simmons is in that conversation too. Like both these guys have to take a, a nice step forward this year. And for Zaven, it's I think it's more about just getting back to, you know, getting the defense where it needs to be. Right. And with Bobby Wagner, no offense to Bobby Wagner, eight time Pro Bowl. I mean, the name recognition alone coming to the Valley would be a pretty big deal if you didn't have this whole situation already unfolding. If you didn't just release Jordan Hicks to make room like, yes, the Cardinals are in win now mode and they should be in win now mode. And they're going to probably have an older roster. They're going to bring in veterans. They're going to have to do that, but not in this position, man. Yeah. And as great as Bobby Wagner is, as he might be an adult in the locker room, as he might be a leader, he would be a captain. That's all fun and games. That's amazing. That's what Jordan Hicks was. You just can't do that if you're the Cardinals. And I want to pose a question to you. Look, a lot of people have things to say about the draft history for the Cardinals. And I think rightfully so. Do you really feel like the Zaven Collins pick, I don't know, was a mistake? Is that too harsh? Because now you're in a situation where you need to focus on developing a young guy. Not that Zaven Collins is going to be a bad football player, but you're in this position where, hey, it's playoff winner bust next year for the Cardinals. There's no developing going on when it comes to the final results. You're not going to end next year with a bad record or with a not good performance to say, hey, okay, we were just trying to build on something this year. No, it's win now. And I don't think Zayvon Collins is a bust. I don't think Zayvon Collins is a bad player. No, I don't think so either. But, I, but I now you need to make room for him. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what you had to do. You had to 
move on from Jordan Hicks. That's the only way to get Zavin to progress to where he needs to get to, to be that every day, every down starter. And we could talk about Zavin Collins for a long time. We could talk about Isaiah Simmons for a long time. We're going to have an entire season to do so, but just wanted to talk about Jordan Hicks. Captain leaving. It is now Zavin Collins, Isaiah Simmons' time in the Valley. There's no absolute doubt about it, but let's get to a couple other moves that Steve Kime made. Uh, first and foremost, the one that I want to get to is uh, linebacker Devon Kennard agreed to restructure the last year of his contract, according to NFL Network's Mike Garofolo. He signed a three-year, $20 million deal prior to the 2020 season, and uh, they're just restructuring it. The official details haven't come out, but it is going to be a cap-saving move. Steve Kime could have cut him, but he didn't. He brings him back. He's a Phoenix native. What were your thoughts when this first news came out? I thought it was solid. You know, it's, he's a, a really good depth piece for this team. He's got that connection with Arizona. Uh, and he's also another voice, another veteran voice in that locker room. So I thought that was a solid move. I think, you know, not only are you bringing back this guy who knows the defense is, is a well-liked guy in that on that team from what I can see. And just, you know, just having that ability to not only bring that kind of guy back, but also save money, that that was a huge win in my eyes for the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals, they could have made space. They, they need to sign people. They did not have a lot of cap room going into the offseason. They could have just cut him, but they keep him around. And look... The reality is Chandler Jones is more likely than not to end up in another uniform. You know what? At the end of the day, if the price is right, if both sides can come to something, yes, Chandler Jones can return as an Arizona Cardinal. But the way that things are looking right now, he's not going to be there. Yeah, I just I I thought the franchise tag was kind of the uh, end of the road, or I guess I should say the non-use of the franchise tag on him was kind of painted the picture of it's the end of the road with Chandler and the Cardinals, to be honest. It, it, who knows? Something could change, but that was just my first thoughts when I saw that. Right. At the end of the day, this is a depth piece, but it's really important to have a depth piece because one, we saw the Cardinals get a little decimated by injuries at the end of the season. So just to have somebody who can go out there and know what he's doing and you don't have to really teach him or think, oh man, is he going to understand the assignment? Is he going to understand what's going on behind him? Is he going to understand what's going on in front of him? You don't have to worry about that. Maybe the Production isn't there with Devon Kennard, but you're not paying him for an insane amount of production. You're restructuring his deal, you're saving some money, and you're keeping him in the valley. A couple other smaller moves, in my opinion, but still could be pretty big going into the season. The Cardinals tendered exclusive rights to running back Jonathan Ward and wide receiver Antoine Wesley. Now, the first thing that came to my mind was, what does that mean, Tyler? What does tendered exclusive rights mean? Can you tell the people that maybe aren't as familiar with this verbiage, what that means? Yeah, so basically it's uh, an exclusive rights free agent is a player who has two or fewer accrued seasons and an expired contract. So uh, Antoine Wesley, Jonathan Ward fit that perfectly. Uh, And basically it means that uh, they just have to extend a qualifying offer to each of those guys and they cannot negotiate a contract with anybody else. So Really, they lock them up, and then they just have to sign the deal. So that's basically what it comes down to, and and as simple as I could make it. Yeah, and it's going to be a one-year deal at this point, and I just want to get your opinion on these two guys. Obviously, Jonathan Ward, known for a couple things throughout the season. That incredible catch versus Dallas. I mean, that's the number one thing. Number one thing that stands out. At one hand, against the helmet, just insane. And of course, you know, special teams. That's really where he made his mark. And then Antoine Wesley, when Hopkins went down, 
he slid in the offense pretty well. Big guy, a Texas guy. You know Cliff likes that. You yep. know Kyler likes that. So where do you see these two guys fitting into the Cardinals offense going forward? Do you feel like they might have a bigger role? Or are they still going to be supplementary pieces? I mean, really, it's going to come down to what the Cardinals do at running back. I mean, do they re-sign Connor or Chase, uh, James Connor or Chase Edmonds, or one or the other, or let them both walk, because then they're going to have to fill that position as well. So, uh, you know, Ward, I would assume, would probably be more of the depth piece, special teams guy that he's been. But I could also see him getting a little bit of run, just depending on what they do at the position as a whole. And then with Wesley, you know, he did, you, you could tell there's some chemistry getting built there with him and Kyler. I mean, those last couple of games, I believe he had three touchdowns in the last four games, I want to say. And that was just, you know, impressive. He filled in for Hopkins well, I thought. You know, obviously, replacing Hopkins you can't do with one player. But I thought Wesley gave the team enough of a outside kind of deep threat, big ball, you know, big guy that can go up and get the ball type guy that, you know, still filled the need. Not quite Hopkins like nobody else's. I don't think anybody in the league could play. You can't replace DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's what we saw at the end of the Cardinals season. Yes. You know, the Cardinals. And that's what they put down. That's what they said was part of the downfall. That was a major part is that they said Hopkins going down really killed us. And and I think is, yeah. And, but, you know, going back to it, Wesley, I thought was solid, you know. I've got the I got the Wesley numbers here for you. Just yeah. from the following the Hopkins injury in week 10, Wesley yeah. recorded 15 catches on 25 targets for 139 yards and three touchdowns over the final seven games of the regular season. Two of his scores came in that Cowboys game where yep. Jonathan Ward made that incredible catch. Yep. So these two really made their mark in that oh, one yeah. bright spot in the end of the Cardinal season. Yep. And I'm really interested in Antoine Wesley because he's a good personality had him on the Burns and Gambo show smiling guy you know oh, yeah. talking Every day really great yeah he's he, always smiling always laughing with guys like I mean he seems like he's one of those pieces that you want to keep around your team and then yeah just plug and play him I mean put him in a spot put him if, if you're throwing a, a jump ball up in the end zone throw him back there and coming into this year the, the Cardinals wide receiver rooms stacked Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, even though he wasn't used as much as he might be used this upcoming season, there were a lot of names in there. Of course, A.J. Green as well. And he stayed there, and he worked hard, and they really liked him. They liked him the whole year, and obviously Cliff really liked him because he knew him from before. And then he finally got his opportunity. When DeAndre Hopkins goes down, he steps in, and he's good. And at this point, if you have a whole offseason of Cliff saying, hey, we need to learn how to scheme better without DeAndre Hopkins— and they know that they were going to have Antoine Wesley, I would not be surprised if he is used in a lot of packages to throw different looks. Because like you said, a big body, somebody who can catch, somebody who can get in the end zone, even if he's playing opposite of Hopkins, if he's stepping in to give Hopkins a little bit of a break. And I know that we hate to talk about it, and not to be a little bit on the darker side of things, and I know that Hopkins, maybe his injury history before this year isn't that extensive, but he's getting up there. He's getting a little bit older for a skill position player, and there's not necessarily medical proof that once you injure something once, a lot of injuries come afterwards, but when you get older, your body gets more fragile. And I would love to completely rely on DeAndre Hopkins going into this year and say he's going to be there the whole time, and you're not going to have to worry about that the same way. But that's what they did this last year. Exactly. And we saw what happened. And Cliff said. fell off a cliff at the end of the season. Pun intended. (laughs) Um, But no, like like Cliff said, he he didn't do a good job of scheming around that. So now you have this whole offseason. You have somebody who was there before that you know that, hey, I didn't scheme that great. And Antoine Wesley, 
still had 15 catches on 25 targets for 139 yards and three touchdowns yeah. in seven games. That's not nothing. So as maybe minuscule as the deal seems, Ward, 58% of special team snaps last year, Antoine Wesley filling in in an injury state for the Cardinals. I mean, that's something that going forward, of course, playing football, as everybody knows, you have to plan for. Yep. Speaking of Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, as this being the first episode of Cardinals Corner, there's a lot of news that we haven't been able to get to. And I don't know if you know this, Tyler, but the Arizona Cardinals have kind of been the talk of the NFL, or at least one of the talks of the NFL for the last couple of weeks. You don't say. Yeah, of course, you know, with the Aaron Rodgers news and the Russell Wilson news and all of that at the draft combine, it's it's been Cardinals related and Cardinals yes. dominated, of course, all revolving around contracts and contract extensions and who's getting them and who's not. And right now, the who's not is Kyler Murray and the who's getting them is Kime and Cliff. So taking it a step back a little bit to end this podcast, I can Keep on asking for your first thoughts, but I don't need your first thoughts right now because it's been a little bit. You've had some time to sit on it. You've mm-hmm. had some time to think on it. The initial shock of whoa extended until when? Yeah. I'm assuming has worn off. Yeah, and it's it's hard to it, it, initially. Yeah, I will say initially it was like, wait, that says 2027. Are you serious? But at the same time, you got to look at it. I mean, just because you give the guy an extent, give the guys extensions, doesn't mean they're there until twenty twenty seven. Exactly. That's the biggest thing that I think everybody kind of really didn't get the point of. Is yeah, they are locked in for now. That could change next year. That could change the year. I mean, and that's it, not salary cap money. No, that's that, that's not yep. like oh, that's money that we can't use on the team. No, no. that's that's coming out of uh, Bidwell's pocket. Right yeah. There, yeah. So if he. If after this season he looks at Cliff and he says, oh man, you said that you were going to scheme better and you didn't scheme better yeah. and we were fully healthy and we won eight, nine games. Hey, he wants to take that hit to the pockets. He could take that hit to the pockets. But that could also mean if he doesn't want to get rid of them, even though their performance hasn't been great, it comes out of his pockets. Yeah. So, yes, Cliff, but, can, go yeah, ahead. I would say I would say just from from, you know, after taking a step back and kind of looking at it more, you know, the stability is something that you want as a football team. Like, you don't want to keep going between, I mean, Steve Wilkes wasn't that long ago. Like, let's be honest, it wasn't really that long ago. So why would we, why would the Cardinals keep going on that carousel of finding a new coach, finding a new coach, finding a new coach? Like, stick with the guy. You've seen growth year over year. You made it to the playoffs. And, I mean, really, it comes down to what can you do next? What what are you going to do for us next to get us to that next level, that next echelon that we need to get to to be that competent, consistent playoff caliber team? And right now, the Cardinals are being held to an incredibly high standard. They are not the Cardinals that won three games in a season anymore. No. And... It was a collective effort to get to the point where they are now, and it was a collective effort to slide at the end of the season. You cannot put the blame on one person. No. You can put blame on Kyler Murray. You can put blame on Cliff Kingsbury. You can put blame on the Cardinals organization, but you can't single anybody out. But what that means is you can't single anybody out on the rise as well. Mm -hmm. They improved every year. The roster got better every year. And you can say what you want about Steve Kimes' drafting history— but he makes good moves as a general manager. Oh, I thought I thought this past offseason was one of his best, you know, just free agency uh, years. I thought I thought he built that team so strong with leaders that can help Kyler, help those young guys grow and get to that next level. I mean, you bring in a guy like J.J. Watt, you bring in a guy like Rodney Hudson. I mean, those two guys alone just 
automatically boost your leadership, boost your production, boost everything really. So I thought I, you know, it was, I, I took my hat off to him last offseason because he was bringing in guys that, I mean, the, even the A.J. Green signing, I know it didn't work out that well, but, I mean, geez. For the for the number that they signed him yeah. and for the, the production from him yeah. in a vacuum, it was good, but the problem was he, he just wasn't on this. He should have been a 1,000-yard receiver. Exactly. In that offense, he should have been a 1,000-yard receiver, especially with Hopkins going down. And the, the problem was just that chemistry with Kyler was never there, and, of course, after the Green Bay game, it just felt like they could never get on the same page. Yeah. The A.J. Green signing, statistically, not a bad signing. Not at it all. was good value just when you saw it happen on the field the eye test yep the eye test is where things went wrong with aj games but then you'd have those games was like what are you doing why didn't you turn around like and again that that was a big turning point in the whole season was hey why didn't you turn around but like you said kai made good moves like he he got Ertz in the middle of the season, exactly. and he's not a perfect GM, but I I think he's aware of that. And like Cliff said, he's aware that he's not the perfect coach. Yep. He said, "Hey, there are things that I need to work on. There are things that we need to work on going forward." And then there's the third part of that equation. <laughs> That's Kyler Murray. Yes. And we're gonna get into Kyler Murray, but not in this episode because a lot, and I mean a lot, has happened not just in the last month. But in Kyler Murray's career. So coming up on the next episode of Cardinals Corner, Tyler and I are going to jump into an in-depth timeline of what is going on with Kyler Murray. How did we get to the point where we are now? How did we get to the scrubbing and then unscrubbing? How did we get to the statements from an agent? And maybe by that point we have a Kyler Murray contract to put the cherry on top. But even if we don't, there's a whole lot of oh, meat yeah. on that bone. A whole lot. Yeah, so we're going to get into that next week. Of course, a ton of Cardinals offseason coverage coming up. We've got the draft. Of course, we have free agency. Then we're going to get into training camp. And before we know it, we're going to be back, Tyler. Yep. And we're going to be here every step of the way Absolutely. we hope that you enjoyed the first edition of cardinals corner of course with me is tyler drake you can follow him on twitter at t drake for sports my name is eric ruby you can follow me on twitter at eric ruby 987 we're gonna have all sorts of stuff coming at you for the show social media account all of that so check the description give us a follow interact with us it's gonna be a really really fun time we're gonna have a good discussions about the cardinals on the weekly in-depth breakdowns that you can't get anywhere else information from Tyler Drake, somebody who's around the team all the time. You're not going to want to miss it, so don't. We'll be back next week. Cardinals Corner, Tyler Drake, Eric Ruby. We'll see you then.